Sixer Nation, what is good? Welcome in to Philly Take with our B number one show for Sixers fans. Another episode of the breakdown. The next day after the more condensed thoughts, film breakdown, biggest highlights, everything else you need to know about last night's game. This one presented by Manscaped. Click that link in the description. Use promo code Philly Take for 20% off and free shipping. Back at it again, man. Sixers with another W. RB in the house. Logan in the house from Sixers break room. We have you covered, man. It's going to be a good show. Lot to talk about. We're just getting warmed up, man. It is the preseason. But the Sixers, once again, in the victory column. A lot of guys stood out. Logan, what's going on, man? Hey, man, nothing, man. Just chilling. How's everything with you, bro? Doing good. Life is good. Sixers 2-0. It doesn't matter but for the, the, the morale victory. It's a great thing to have, man. And we might yeah, have man. a Anytime star. Anytime you get a dub, it's a good feeling. Yeah, and we might have a star on the rocks. We'll get into it all, man. Once again, everybody in the chat, hit that like button for your boys. Subscribe to the show. Show us some love, man, in the chat. Let us know where you're tapping in from. Philly Take with RB. This is The Breakdown. Sixers get the dub over the Cavs, 113-112. Tyrese Maxey is a star. Montrez Harrell, for all the people out there that didn't want to sign him, he said, shut up, (laughs) and a whole lot more, man. We have to start with the man of the hour. We have to start with him, man. Tyrese Maxey. You know, last game, after we broke it down both live and the next day, I was sitting there and I was just going, you know what? It, it's preseason. I don't want to get overhyped. I don't want to get overworked. It's just one game. He comes out with 20 points. It's just one game. And then yesterday, again, he comes out and shines 21. And he's just confident. He's knocking his shot down. He's, he's just looking so much more natural. And really the biggest takeaway to me beyond the box score, because again, it is preseason. But the biggest takeaway to me is... He just, like, the game is coming so much easier to him. Ten times easier to him. I know we're in the preseason, but going from your second to third season, we saw the jump he made the previous offseason. If we get more of this from Tyrese Maxey, I mean, who knows what the ceiling is at this point. He's only 21 years old. What a fantastic game. And once again, just lets it fly, gets his business done in the first half, and is completely dominant. He's he's the man. He's the man. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think you said it best, man. It's his confidence. Like you can see when he's on the floor, you can see he's put in the work. You know what I'm saying? I'm a big believer that when you put in the work, that breeds the confidence. Rep after rep after rep. They say he was getting in the gym two or three times a day. The coaches had to peel him away from the gym. Clearly, if you look at his frame, he's been in the weight room as well. So I just think all that time that he spent in the gym, now he's coming out on the floor and he's not second guessing. He feels comfortable in his shot. I mean, in that first game, you see he first possession, he's coming down the floor. I'm pulling it, you know, in this game three, four feet from the three-point line, I'm pulling it. He's just, his confidence is through the roof and he's having the results as well, which obviously doesn't hurt. It's unbelievable, man. I mean, to see it mesh this early, I I knew we would come out and we've been talking about Maxie and his role in the offense and Mm -hmm. the team, but I I just think it's like that shock factor, you know, to see it, it's so electric already, driving to the basket, knocking down threes, utter confidence. And 
Once again, Tyrese Maxey puts the team on his back. Now, again, the result of the game doesn't matter. You're going up against the Cavs team, and it's their first showing. Donovan Mitchell on the mm-hmm. squad. I thought they actually looked pretty good. I think that team could honestly surprise some of us in the East. I do have them, honestly, around the four or five seed. I don't think they're ready to make that jump, but I thought they looked good, and that was without Evan Mobley. So, you know, a lot of guard action with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and, mm-hmm. you know, it took the Sixers a little while to get going, right? Like Joel Embiid, it took him a little bit to get in his rhythm. James Harden will definitely break him down. I, there's a lot of people already on both sides. That's how it's going to be the whole year. But I think we can all come together and just be just be grateful for what we are seeing from Tyrese Maxey. This isn't normal, okay? Tyrese Maxey, look, I, I'm not letting myself, I'm not, I'm not holding myself back anymore. Tyrese Maxey is a budding star. He is on the verge of being a star, and I just can't believe it. Like, the one not coming on him out of college is the guy couldn't shoot 29% from three, had the mm-hmm. potential, hadn't shown it. Look at what he has done in two years. This is what yeah. Philadelphia fans live for. The desire the personality, all that stuff is great. How about the fact that he has improved this much on the court already? I'm sorry, he's yeah. a star. He's going to be a star. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too premature. Let me know if I am. But I just I can't believe it. Like, who knows yeah. what's gonna happen this season? He looks crazy. Nah, I hear you, man. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable because even even when you hear that a guy's in the gym all the time. You know, that of course it's like you hear those kind of things in the offseason all the time with different guys, and then they step on the court and they're they might be a little bit better, or you might not even see that big of a jump. But to see him look like this, like it, it's crazy. It almost it almost is like unreal. Like this guy, <laughs> he doesn't even seem like the same player. You see him take such a massive jump last year. And I was one of the people that said I didn't expect another huge leap this year. And again, it is still just a preseason. So while I'm excited, I'm happy to see what I'm seeing. I'm not sure how much of this will exactly translate moving forward, but clearly the potential is there for another massive leap. Clearly all the things we heard all off season, there was no hyperbole. There was no exaggeration. Like he put in all of that work and I got to agree with you. I think he is. I think he is a budding star in the league. The only, the only like knock I guess I have as far as him being a superstar or a star in this league is he, he's kind of a small guy and just typically in the NBA, you don't see guys, his size reaching that magnitude of stardom, but He's so crafty. He's so skilled. He's despite being only, you know, six, one, six, two, he's able to get to the cup. He's able to get his shot in the mid range. I mean, the guy, I don't even know. I'm, I'm out of words to describe the way he's been playing these first two games. It's, it's crazy. Absolutely. And, and it's apparent how, you know, how he improved his physical shape over the off season. Yeah. Like he put on weight. He just, I don't know. There's just something about it. It just pops right off the screen. Um, and, and a couple of things come to mind as well. You know, number one, We've been talking about the roles on the offense, who's going to be who, right? Playing around Embiid, but also, you know, how can him and Harden mesh, Doc Rivers, that whole conversation. Um, I don't I don't know if it's too early to say, but Tyrese Maxey may be the second option on this team. And maybe I'm crazy to say that, but going back to the offseason, you know, we have constantly preached, we want Harden to be efficient. He doesn't have to be the old James Harden in Houston He doesn't have to be the MVP. He needs to be efficient. And Mm -hmm. honestly, people were complaining about how hard and looked and this and that. But Tyrese Maxey doing this, taking this leap, it takes pressure off of James Harden because he can focus on some of the other areas, the facilitation, the distribution, getting guys open. Right. He said 
even my presence on the floor draws in defenders, draws in Tyrese Maxey's guy, allows him to open up. I think this season might be more of just a, you got to ride whoever's hot. You know, you got to read the room. Yeah. And if it's Tyrese Maxey's night, and this is something we didn't see a lot last year, if he is going, Doc, you got to let him go. You just got to let him fly. I'm sorry. Like, maybe it doesn't have to be Joel every, every, every night. Maybe it's a Maxey night. Is it mm-hmm. too early to say that? No, nah, I don't think it's crazy to say that. In fact, I know you mentioned how uh, you referenced what James Harden said in practice um, when we, we got to see that live stream, how he draws so much attention. I think it also kind of puts that conversation with Rivers and Harden at the end when he's talking about being a facilitator. It puts in some more perspective because maybe Harden is looking around. He's like, yo, I don't have to do as much scoring as I did in the past, right? Doc Rivers was like pleading with him to continue to be a scorer, be a scorer, be James Harden, be James Harden. And when I saw it, I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, I want you to facilitate, but like you, you're going to have to go score the ball too. And then you see what Maxie's doing. It's like, Oh, like maybe Harden knows, maybe Harden is seeing this. And he's like, listen, for 13 years, I had to be the guy. Well, a couple of those, he was with KD, but you get the point. Like in Houston, I had to be the guy in, in Brooklyn. I had to carry a load. And it's like, maybe he, he understands I'm getting a little older, my body. I have issues with my hamstrings. Like I can dial it back and let this guy step up. And then when you need me in those big moments, I'll be there, but I don't have to go be the score. Let let's let's let Maxi go be that guy, be that scoring guard. And let's let him be, do his thing. And I'm going to just be a point guard. Yeah, absolutely. And he embraces it. You know, nine Mm -hmm. for 11 last night, 21 points, three for three from deep. He comes out and I want to pull up uh, a couple plays from Tyrese, obviously the big plays, but it just, I I don't know. Like there was just something about it and it's just the way he's approaching the game. That was my biggest Mm -hmm. thing. Obviously I want him to be a smarter ball player. I want him to get in his groove, get going early. But what I didn't see a lot last year from Maxie was, I have the confidence, you know, like, let me just keep on riding it out. You know, we have James here. We have Joel. I can be one of those guys as well. I can be dominant. And he's just attacking with a willful force. It's crazy. Um, but at the end of the day, also, like, it's just like, you don't see this a lot. Like this, this jump here, like you go to shoot 42% from deep in your second year in the league. And we both said, you know, it's not going to really be a statistical jump, but it's more about like what we see, the IQ, the player. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just, it's nuts, man. It really is. But yeah, it's I crazy. mean, I think you said it best. Uh, you, like you, you, you really put it really well when you said it pops off the screen. Like he's a guy that pops off the screen. Like I coach basketball and you know, there's this saying like, he looks good when he likes coming off the bus. You know what I'm saying? Like when you see a guy who's built a certain way, you're like, whoa, right. When you see him, he's that way on film. As soon as you turn on a Sixers game, it takes two or three plays before you're like, that guy's different. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to know basketball. Like I was watching the Sixers with my girl and she knows a little bit about basketball, but not a lot. And she, she's like, that guy's like, who's that? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he just pops. He's different than everybody else. He's so much faster. He's so much quicker. Like his, his first step is dare. I say Allen Iverson esque. like he blows guys off the, off the bounce. And it's crazy. It's like you blink and he's scoring. Yeah. There's times where, you know, when TV cuts to a guy, cause maybe they just made a shot. They can't even cut back quick enough before Maxie's <laughs> making a layup. Like it's, it's literally like they show Kevin love knock down a shot. They're showing Kevin love jog back on defense. And before they cut back, Maxie's already scoring. Yeah. All Philly wanted is a guy like this, a guard who has just the heart and just pours everything into the game. And he, mm-hmm. he talked the talk this off season. And so far he's walking the walk. Now, this is the one uh, big play from Maxie. And 
I think it's a very underrated play from James Harden as well. And I want to get your take on this. You know, mm-hmm. Harden tries to beat the defender off the dribble. He finds his way back to him. And then Harden is going to make the, the smart pass. You know, he draws in. This is what we were just talking about. He draws in uh, some of that pressure that's applied to Maxie and Joel Embiid. Joel's going to catch it. And this is my favorite part of the play. Because last year, you know what we would have saw here. Joel would have tried to ice. So he would have probably tried to hit a step back three. He's yep. looking for Maxie and he finds him. He finds him, and now it's, there's that factor of trust. And I think that kind of comes by getting more exposure with each other, having a training camp, going through these types of situations. Mm-hmm. And then I, I knew Maxie was going to drill this. Like there, yeah. it's, it's almost at that point where it's like, I know he's the shot's going to go in. Like he's hitting that tier of players already, which is absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah, and then, I mean, taking a look at that play, like what you said, like, the rule, if you draw two, you have to kick. Like that's that's a that is a staple of basketball. If I draw two guys, I have to kick. You see James Harden do that, and then you get the one more pass. And an underrated part of that play, something if if you're able to, I don't know if you're able to rewind it, but if you look again, so many people talk about PJ Tucker and the toughness and the rebound and stuff. PJ Tucker sets a great screen on that play. PJ Tucker is patiently where he's not moving. He's sitting there. He knows Max. He's in the corner. He's going to let the first defender close out on the ball. And he's waiting for the second help defender to slide over. He sets the screen and now you get that open shot. So it's Harden drawing to and kicking. And then it's Tucker making those little plays, all those little winning plays that you, people don't notice right away. Yep. Those are the things PJ Tucker provide. And that's why he's such a huge addition. Absolutely, man. And we'll definitely get into him as well. I, I really liked his game last night. Not a lot on the box score, but again, impactful. Like you just said, it's mm-hmm. it's a great point. Now, the next play that I like as well, again, we have Joel Embiid. Now, what would happen at this point last year? He's going to try to take it one-on-one. Took him a little bit, got into his groove. The, the floor space out. looked like the Cavs were kind of like, like shifting their defenses at times as well. Harden was definitely double teamed in the first quarter. But again, Embiid now has trust in Tyrese Maxey. He says, all right, you take it. And my be- my favorite part of anything from Maxey, look how confident he is. <laughs> what would have happened last year? He would have pump faked and tried to drive it. And he was a lot skinnier last year. He might have got bumped around, maybe lost the ball, maybe tried to force a pass. He says, nah, I'm Tyrese Maxey. And he lets it fly. And it's money. It's money. And it looks just like every one of his other jump shots. Like some guys, you can tell when they're shooting from deep, they're not comfortable. You can see they're pushing the ball a little bit. That shot right there looks the same as his elbow uh, pull-ups. Like it's so, he's comfortable. That's his range. He was not, he did not feel like, oh, this is, I'm uncomfortable. This is a little deep for me. Like he caught the ball ready to shoot and knocks it down. No hesitation. None at all. None at all. I mean, if we're getting this maxi, I mean, it is, it is very scary as to what this, offense can be it's mm-hmm. very scary so what this offense can be shout out to my guy in the chat philly philly the podcast uh with the two dollar super chesses it's the goat rb love you bro go nets appreciate my guy man shout out to him great content creator he's doing big things he's doing big things but the nets still stink so <laughs> <laughs> now before we get into the james harden play that i want you to <clears throat> break down with me um Dave Yeager, who was obviously coaching yesterday, a little bit mm-hmm. of an interesting choice, I thought. You know, you got Sam Cassell there. You got Dan Burke, who coached a little bit for this team last year when Doc was out. Dave Yeager. And I, I like Dave. I think he's a professional. I just think he goes about his business the right way. He's been a head coach before. Um, this is what he had to say about Tyrese Maxey. So he says, quote, I had De'Aaron Fox, and I thought he was the fastest guy in the league, like with Russell Westbrook on that high level. 
Tyrese is on that level almost. I got to say he's a top three, four speed guy in the league. So to get him the ball in the outlet situations and see him play in transition and then not float at different times in the games. Exactly. Exactly. Let him go. And just everything. I I think you kind of said it best. Like he can connect everything together. Like just Mm -hmm. all of the skills in his toolbox. Like he's able to do so much for this team. And, And for a team that is, or at least talked about as being slow at times, not having that pace. Maxie kind of connects it all together. And when Harden's running the pick and roll and you have Tyrese Maxie waiting in the outskirts, it is so easy to confuse a defense. And it's like, where do you apply the pressure at that point? Cause you still have Joel Embiid who is utterly dominant in, in, uh, in the paint. Yeah. And he just, he adds a, a whole nother element of your transition game, right? Typically people think about transition. You're thinking about turnovers and, and pushing a ball on misses, but Tyrese, he starts breaks off of makes like, again, perfect example to bring it back to last night. Again, when Kevin Love hits that shot, anytime anybody who plays basketball, you watch high school, college, NBA pick up at the park. When a shot is made, everybody's jogging back. It's almost like, all right, now we can breathe. Tyrese Maxey is getting it and going off of makes, makes, misses. It doesn't matter. You you outlet him the ball and he's going to get back up the court. And that puts so much pressure on the defense. Like there's never a time when he's on the floor when you can really relax because the minute you do, he's off and running and it's two points. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just what he can be. It, it is it is very scary for the rest of the league and he's going to get a contract this year. So I'm I'm oh, excited yeah. to see how he looks. Hopefully he stays healthy. He can really take this offense to the next level. Um, And it's interesting because then it brings up the James Harden conversation. Now, last night, James Harden looked like he struggled from the box score. Okay. I mean, nine points, three for nine. Now, instantly the James Harden haters, the naysayers are going to say, Oh, well, you know, it's the same old James Harden. Now I'm not going to judge him over a a quarter of preseason. I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. If we see this consistently. Yeah. Then, you know, I mean, if we go 10, 20 games into the season and he can't beat anybody off the dribble, I'm concerned. But I think there were some things last night that were positive and, and things we can really kind of build on. I thought he, he was a lot quicker. I thought he actually looked more uh, quicker. He had a couple opportunities to score, but mostly the defense was double teaming him. They were bringing pressure and he was making the right look, making the right pass. And that was my biggest takeaway from James. Like he's going to do what it takes to kind of feed into that win mentality. Yeah. I mean, when I was watching him, I felt like he, he, this is why you play preseason, right? Like I know there were some people on Twitter who really felt like we should rest Joel Embiid and James Harden. It wasn't worth them possibly getting injured, but this is why you need those reps. He hasn't played a game, an NBA game, you know, since last postseason, and he it looked it, you know what I mean? Like he looked a little rusty. I didn't feel like he looked out of shape. Like you say, he he had a little bit of burst back. He had some moments. So he was like, kind of like dribbling the ball off his foot. He lost the ball a couple of times, which, you know, James, James Harden has the ball on a string. Like that is not typical James Harden. So it looked like he just had some rust to knock off, but I agree with you. Like he, he made some plays that are winning plays, like draw, drawing defenders, kicking it, for anybody that thinks James Harden is falling off, if he was falling off, he wouldn't be drawing double teams and all the attention <laughs> that he's drawing. Like NBA coaches, NBA players are not just doubling guys just for fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Not nah, James. James is drawing that pressure. He's only going to get better and he's only going to fit more. And when he has some of these other weapons that can take pressure off, like 
I mean, all he has to do is just be an efficient James Harden. That might look yeah. different on a nightly basis, but really whoever has the hot hand needs to go. Some nights we might need a 25, 30 point game out of James Harden, but it's not an every night thing. And he has to kind of come off that high horse and, and realize, you know, I'm a 10 time all-star, but if I want the best chance at succeeding in my own career and also for the team to compete, I just have to be the best player for the team. Now this play right here, um, this was one of my favorite James Harden plays. Obviously he had the ankle breaker, which is, you know, <laughs> which is the cool part, but Look how he beats him off the dribble. Like, look at the first step from James Harden. I don't mm-hmm. think we, I don't think we saw that a couple months ago. I, I don't think he was looking that quick off the first step. I mean, he was going through the injury, the hamstring and stuff. And yeah, he, it was a little bit tough for him to beat the defense last night. Like I said, he did get jammed a couple times with the pressure they were applying. But he makes the good play and he goes and gets fouled and puts it in. I like that. I thought it looked good. Here's the other angle. Oof! What a move. What Hold a move. <laughs> nah, yeah. And I mean, and I think I think it's a mental thing too, right? Like, I felt like there were times last we saw James Harden in the postseason where he was very hesitant to even try to blow by a guy. Like, you, he didn't even seem like he wanted to burst because he probably knew if he did, he was going to tweak that hamstring. So just seeing him having the confidence to kind of like bing, bing, and just go, I mean, that tells me all that I need to know right there that at, at the very least, He's feeling confident in his body and he believes that he he has his legs under him now. Whereas last time we saw him, he seemed very unsure of his body if it was going to fail him or not. At least that's how I felt when I was watching him play. I agree. And there was no question about his effort last night. He was trying to create some separation. There were a couple times I, I didn't want to see the isolation, but I mean, overall, he was trying to create offense and I can't fault the man for that. You know, like it, yeah. he was. He was doing what he could, and he was drawing uh, guys and and doubles and all that, and he was getting open looks for others. There were a lot of passes that we could go through. We could sit down for an hour, and we could look at all the plays that he sets up. Like you said, I feel like sometimes it doesn't get noticed. Even with P.J. Tucker, who, by the way, I thought had a fantastic game, he's in there scrapping for boards that one possession where he gets like three offensive rebounds. Those are the things that they're not always the, the box score uh, type yeah. of things at the end of the night. But what P.J. Tucker did last night, that is the impact that that a guy like that brings to your team. And I think he only compliments guys like James Harden. Yeah, I mean, you said it best. It's not always going to show up in the box score. I mean, look at the first Tyrese Maxey clip that we looked at, right? Who gets the assist on that play? Joel Embiid. Who made the play happen? Yeah. James Harden by drawing the whole defense in, drawing the second defender and kicking it to Joel Embiid and then forcing a rotation where he kicks it to Maxi. Embiid is going to get the assist on that. Nobody's going to, if you didn't watch the game, if you didn't see the play, you have no idea that James Harden made that play happen, but he did. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what did did you think about Joel Embiid last night? I thought it took him a little bit to get going, but once he did and once he realized, you know, I have Jared Allen on me, who I can completely destroy every time I play, I feel like he just kind of kicked it into gear. I, I felt like he was still going through the motions, but... He just kicked it into gear and did his thing. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, and I made a video about uh, Joel Embiid, what we saw of him at practice. I feel like Joel Embiid is just not in shape. Like, I feel like, you know, he he made jokes that he just laid in bed or sat on the couch all offseason. I don't think he literally did that, but I definitely don't think that he's in shape. And you know what the reality is? Like, as much as we would love everybody to come in the season in the best shape, 
a lot of guys don't. A lot of guys play their ways in, in the shape. Like Luka Doncic last year was awful at the start of the year from a conditioning standpoint because he just plays basketball to get in shape. I think Joel Embiid might just be one of those guys. And even like you said, as the game went on, you could see he was he was getting better and better and better as the game went on. I think he started slow because he's a little bit out of shape. His body's not ready to play high level NBA basketball the way we're used to seeing him. But like, I'm not really that concerned. I think that I think he's just like he has he has some time that he needs before he really gets going and is able to really put the pressure on the way we know he can. Absolutely. And it, this is the preseason. So again, we don't want to go way Oof, that too spin far. Move. Sorry, that spin move. <laughs> that spin move was something. I mean, once he, I'm telling you, once he realized, like I have Jared Allen on me, like there's just no going back. I mean, he's got right. Robin Lopez. These guys stink. Like how Neto, how do they keep finding their way back against the Sixers? I don't know how they do it. But anyway. That, that one finish real quick that we just saw when he drove right, and then he took the two steps and like slowed down on that, that pause step on yeah. that finish. That is so tough. Like the fact that he's able to control his body like that at 280 pounds, 72, 280 yeah. and his footwork, his ability to control his body, like a guard it, it's, it's outrageous. I think it's, it's crazy. outrageous. It really is. It's unreal. And I, again, he's so motivated right now and we need him to stay healthy. That's my biggest concern, yes. you know, whether that's load managing or whether that's, you know, taking off the back, the backs, I don't know. But Joel Embiid needs to stay healthy. Like, it's time that we see him fully healthy in a playoff series, see what he can do. And I, I think this is a really good opportunity for that because, you know, you have James Harden, who hopefully can produce consistently. You have Tobias Harris, who we'll get to, we didn't even talk about yet. And then you have Tyrese Maxey, who, is, who could produce. Honestly, if Tyrese was not on this team, and I, my bold take for the year is that he's going to be an all-star, I think he could average 25-plus this year, honestly, on just any team. Now, I don't think he will on this team. Maybe he does because of, of the other pieces here. But, I mean, Tyrese is ready to fly. So you have all these pieces. Maybe, again, you know, last year we saw Joel having to put up 43 against the Magic on a Monday night. Maybe we don't need that. You know, maybe right. some of these other guys can produce. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's hard. I think it's hard for anybody to say that he couldn't get 25 if he, if he were the star piece on another team. Like, I do, I, I, I do think that people – kind of underestimate how, how much I want to say easier it is to score when you're the third guy. Like there's a lot less pressure on you. There's a lot less uh, scouting and game planning against you. However, for him to get 18 a night last year and only his second year when he was the third, sometimes fourth option, depending on how you view Tobias Harris. I mean, it's, I think if you give him more opportunities, 20 is, is happening. Like that's a fact he can get sure. 20 any for night. Sure. In, in the league, like, especially if he was the guy, yeah. he's easily getting 20, 25 is not out of the question. And I think your bold take of him being an all-star, I feel like there is a very, very strong possibility. You're going to be right about that. Yeah. He's a stud, man. It, it's crazy. And I mean, he averaged 18 last year. He shot 42% right. from deep. Like he can only go up from here. I don't see any sign of regression in Tyrese. I see even a stronger presence in just a couple preseason games. Wait till we get into the regular action. Is Tyrese Maxey a guy that you are even because we talk about injuries and we talk about some of the the usual suspects, if you will, the James Harden, the Joel Embiid. Do you look at Tyrese Maxey and have any concern of him getting hurt? Because I sometimes I work just because of the way he plays. He's so fast. The way That's he true. goes to the basket, he's fearless. Like knock on wood. Like do you do you view him as somebody who you're like ah, I'm kind of nervous about him staying healthy, or you're pretty confident he's going to be good to go? 
That's a really good point. Honestly, I, I don't as much as the other guys. One, he's young. He could play a ton of minutes. But really, I, I like how he beefed up his his torso this year. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like he got into much better shape last year. I thought there were times he got thrown around. I thought there were times that him being that main defender out in the perimeter, you know, he couldn't keep himself balanced. And mm-hmm. I just think he put in the work this offseason. Like, he looks much better physically. He looks like he's confident. And, I mean, you got to hope he doesn't get hurt. But yeah. right now, I just – I see a dude that is putting it all together at a very early age. And, you know, who knows what can happen down the road. But, I mean, I like where he's at right now. Yeah. Now, for sure, I just – you know, it's just something that, that just popped into my mind because I feel like most Sixers fans, the number one concern is probably health. True. And anytime you talk about health, it's like, oh, and B's got to stay healthy. Harden's got to stay yeah. healthy. But, it, like, nobody mentions Maxi, And it's like the way he plays, like, with kind of, like, a reckless aggression in, yeah. in the best ways is is a play style that you look at a guy like, oh, like like a D-Wade. You know what I mean? Like, D-Wade was one of those guys that kind of played with that, that speed, that fearlessness, attacking the basket, and he would get banged up. So I was just curious if you had any concerns uh, yeah. of that happening with Maxi. Yeah. But you're right. He's yeah. 21. Like, when you're 21 – you you bounce back from things a lot easier than the guy who sure. say thirty one. Yeah, now nah, he he does play at a million miles an hour sometimes, so that, it is a little bit concerning. But I just think I don't think his utilization rate will be you know off the charts. So I'm yeah, I yeah. feel a little better at that point. Um, but yeah, Tyrese Maxey once again, fantastic game. All the the main guys did incredible. Now, uh, we we would be you know doing a disservice if we did not mention the other guy of the game. And that is Montrez Harrell. This guy, man. Now, that's you know, your guy. We're, that, that's our that's our guy. I mean, we we sat up here and praised this man for you know for a while, for a couple weeks. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and and run through the whole thing. At the end of the day, <laughs> this was a preseason game, and now in two two sites of Montrez Harrell, he's gotten ejected from a preseason game after <laughs> after you know grabbing his six foul. <laughs> And he goes out last night and he completely dominates. He completely dominates. I mean, 13 points off the bench, five for seven, hits a game winner. I mean, what else can you ask for from the backup? And it was interesting because it seems like they're playing a lot of Paul Reed. They're trying to get him acclimated. Yeah. And it's, it almost seems like, you know, Reed and, and Trez are fighting. Now, maybe they're not. But Trez just comes in and he brings that instant gratification, that energy, everything you need. And I thought he was having a good game. And then, you know, he goes and hits a little uh, through the leg step back. And then he's blowing a kiss to Donovan Mitchell. He's talking smack from the free throw line. I mean, look, this is everything that we asked for in a backup for Joel Embiid. Does he have flaws? Absolutely. Every backup does. But I, I just, this guy, again, he's another one that just pops off the screen. Like, he's always finding a way to get himself involved in the game. And I, I just, yeah. I thought he had a great game last night. There, there is immense value of knowing what you're going to get out of a guy. You know what I mean? Like, there, like, you can only imagine, like, what it must feel like as a coach when you look down the bench and you're, you're like, do we give this guy, like, we don't know what he's going to do. We don't know what he's got. Like he, he's hot and cold. Like, is this the time? Like, you know, there, when you look down the bench, you see Montrez Harrell, who's got that (laughs) dog in him. (laughs) Like he is the definition of having that dog in him. And you just know what you're going to get. You know, you're going to get probably the the guy on the floor with the most energy. He's going to be aggressive. Like, 
I, I know he he fouled out in what like twelve minutes, yeah, yeah, something like that. Like you know he he's gonna be aggressive. He's gonna play fearless. He's gonna attack the offensive glass. He's gonna score the ball mm-hmm. like five of seven from the field. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm just so happy he's on our team. He's one of those guys that you hate when he's not on your yeah. team, but the minute you get him, you're like like that's my guy. Like I'm so, exactly I, he's he's that man. I, I'm so excited to see him in a Sixers uniform. I'm so excited to see what he provides, the juice off the bench he provides yeah. all year long. You're absolutely right. Philly's going to love this guy. He's going yes. to be Philly's spirit animal. In fact, last year I hated his guts, and now I, yeah. love, him. I love him. When he was scrapping with Embiid last year, I hated him, and now I love him. I think mean, if yeah. I had brought you into a room and I didn't tell you what day of the week it was, what game of the year it was, you would have thought this is a playoff game. Like, he's yeah. out here screaming. He's out here just... Letting it go, man, and and I love it. Now, the play, man, I mean, this was <laughs> interesting. This was an interesting run. Obviously, late in the game, not your regular lineup, but he just takes it all the way. He says, get out of my way, man. Yeah. And, and then you just start screaming up to the sky. Like, I love it. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? As crazy as it sounds, I'm oh, willing man. to bet that play was drawn up for Montrez Harrell. Like, it, no, that, right. that, that was a design fake handoff. They're clearing out the sides so that there's no help. And you put a shooter in a corner or you should have a shooter in a corner. I'd rather them have a shooter than Matisse Thibel over there, but you can see the hammer screen to send. Uh, I think that's Furcon to send him to the corner just in case they do overhelp. He could kick out, but I mean, you're giving, you're, you're drawing up a game winner for Montrez Harrell. Cause he's got that dog and you trust him and you know, he's going to attack the, the, the paint. He's going to either a get a bucket B get fouled or C he's going to make the right play. Like, uh, man, I'm so happy we have this guy. This is awesome. What an awesome moment, man. And, and you know, I mean, again, just like him going that hard, being that serious in a preseason game. Like, you just love to yeah. see it. You love to see it. And I thought him and Reed together, as my guy Superhero said in the chat, like him and Reed together, like they were they were a pretty solid combination. I thought Reed was fantastic. You know, I thought he was grabbing boards. I thought Reed was just making his presence felt. I don't think I've seen one pass with Reed as the primary defender that didn't get tipped yet. I think I saw a stat today that said he has like the most steals in the first couple preseason games. Like yeah. he's everywhere and he looks much more athletic. He was working on his vertical. He just looks like a very polished, you know, just athletic type of player for this team. Yeah, he I think he might have the most deflections um, as well in these first two preseason games. He's just he's just another guy. And I feel like we keep saying this about guys that we have. And that's a good thing. He puts pressure on the other team. Like there were so many examples, especially in that Brooklyn game where they're just trying to reverse the ball to a big popping out, which nine out of 10 bigs just let you reverse the ball. And he's jumping in the passing lane. You know, he's getting deflections. He's getting steals. He's just adding possessions for us and putting pressure on the other team. And the more, the more you feel like you, you can't make a mistake, the more you usually end up making mistakes. And he's kind of putting that thought like, you got to be precise on these post entries because yeah. I'm getting a hand on it. You got to make sure when you're popping, you're stepping to your catch because I'm jumping in that passing lane. And it it's going to result in some some fouls, some fouls that are going to look like bad fouls because you're like, come on, Reed, like, what are you doing? But the pros outweigh those cons depending on the, the size of the role he has. If we end up needing him to play a lot more, whether it's injuries or what have you, then it's like, all right, we got to dial it back a little bit. Yeah. But in the role he has where he's he's on a, he's playing limited minutes and you're just like, yo, go make the biggest impact you can. Yeah. I mean, he's been tremendous. Yeah, I agree. He's hungry, man. He's really, really hungry. He he feels kind of that pressure. And 
That kind of brings me to another thing that I want to get into. We'll also talk Tobias Harris, all that stuff. Shout out to everybody in the chat, though, man. Hit that like button for your boys. Subscribe to the show. Shout out to Logan, man. Bring in the fire takes as always. Also, if you want to call us up, man, 508-924-3784. Sixer Nation out there. I know you want to chime in about Harden, about Maxie and Bede. Man, they were getting on Harden yesterday. They were saying, oh, he's, he's not the same. He can't beat anybody off the dribble. Look at that. Using the pick and roll behind the back. He's fantastic, man. And look, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time to mesh. I thought it it felt awkward at the beginning, but once it got going, I thought, okay, this looks a little more natural. And it's not. It's completely different from what we saw the first game because you know it, it's a much different type of style of offense. And I think yeah. it's going to take some time to work out. Yeah one one thing that I find, and I'm curious, like how your take on it. One thing that I find super interesting about the James Harden takes is like. It's like James Harden, he's not the same. He can't blow by guys. He can't score. Okay, let's say all that's true. But at the same time, a lot of the, a lot of the same people feel like Maxie is taking a huge leap and Maxie is, can score the ball and do all these things. So it's like, there's only one basketball. Even yeah. if James Harden was falling off a little bit, right? It's still like, well, okay, well, he he's going to be able to still get these other guys involved. Like if if James Harden is, let's say he's not James Harden anymore. I know PJ Tucker made comments like he's kind of like Houston uh, Harden and things like that. Let's just say we never see that James Harden again, and we just have a really good point guard. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Oh, like I even agree. if he took another step, let's say James Harden got. 19, 19 and 10 this year, let's just say. And Tyrese Maxey takes a leap he looks like he's going to take. I mean, who wouldn't want 19 and 10 from your point guard and a guy who could shoot a 19 and 10 guy who could shoot, make free throws and knock down open threes? Oh, I like that sounds like the perfect point guard for this team. Now, I agree 100%. And this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier and what I feel like we'll end up talking about a lot this season. I think we're at the point, and I know it's early, but we might be at the point where we need to completely flip what we expect out of James Harden. Because I don't think we've seen James Harden with these pieces in this kind of offense. Like James Harden comes out and gives us, you know, 17 and 13 assists. That's a very, very, very good game. And and that's what I was trying to say earlier. Like we might be at the point where it's like Maxi might be the second option. Maybe the first some nights on his team. Like maybe we got to flip our expectation a little bit of Joel as well. Like Joel might not have to have 40 point games. 45 point games because you have this emerging Tyrese Maxey because you have a catch and shoot Tobias. So I, I agree a hundred percent. Like maybe we need Harden to take a step back a little bit, take his foot off the gas pedal a little bit and just defer. And again, kind of read the room. I think this is going to be kind of like a committee, but you know, like who's on that night, who's feeling yeah. it. I think we have multiple guys that can kind of be like that, that hot spot on any given night. And I think that's, really what makes us a versatile offense right and especially especially if that 17 and 13 night he like he's he's getting he's getting buckets when we need him like he's yeah. making plays when we need him right like so it's all 17 point games aren't the same you know what i'm saying he right. might finish the game with 17 but it's like down the stretch he draws two fouls and knocks down a three when we need him to come through because he didn't have to have his foot on the gas all night and then it's like, perfect. That's what we need you to be. Like, I, we don't need you to be James Harden of old. We need you to be efficient. We need you to get guys involved. And then when we need you to get a bucket, we just need you to be able to. If exactly. not, even if it doesn't mean you're actually scoring, but you're able to draw enough 
uh, defensive help where you get the next guy the shot. Yeah. Like that's what we need from James Harden. I agree. And that's a great take. And I think it's something that'll definitely evolve. Shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Call us up 508-924-3784. Hit that like button for your boys. We're breaking down the entire game. This is the breakdown. That's Logan from the Sixers break room. All we do, we constantly break down this team. And uh, man, there's a lot to talk about for sure. Let's go to uh, Williamstown NJ. Let's get some thoughts up in here. See how, uh, let's see what the post of Sixers Nation is. Williamstown, what's going on? And they dipped. I was about to say, I can't <laughs> hear them. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like I wouldn't be able to hear them or something. Now they were on for a second and then they dipped. They dipped. They weren't ready. They weren't ready. <laughs> but one question I wanted to get to that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Isaiah Joe, mm-hmm. he did not play in this game. Charles Bassey did not play in this game. Trevlin Queen did not play in this game. What the heck was that about? You had Springer in down the stretch. You had Thibault in for a ton of minutes, and his shot didn't really look that good. You had Shake Milton in. You had all these guys. Where was Isaiah Joe at? Like, what happened? Yeah, he's the, he's the big one that I'm surprised, especially because he played pretty well against Brooklyn. Like, he was, knock, he was knocking down open shots. Um, he's got good length. I mean, he like he can shoot the hell out of the ball. And when you with a shooter like that, like you would think on a team like ours that we kind of need floor spacers, he would fit right in. So he's yeah. the real big uh, like, you know, guy who I'm like, I'm surprised didn't really play much. Bassie and Trevlin Queen, like I'm not too surprised about like. I feel like I feel like Bassie's like super, super athletic and super strong. But like anytime I see him play, he's just so raw. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not even saying he won't move on and have a good career or anything like that. But I feel like this team is such win now that it's like, we like you, but we don't really have the time to develop you as much as we can't put as much time into you as you need. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I almost feel like it, it might be better for him for them to move on and put him in a situation where he does have an opportunity to develop because I think he can be good. But I just don't, don't think this is the team for, for that. You know, same with Trevlin Queen. Like he's a guy like he he can score in bunches, but I think that he needs some time. And it's like we don't have time. I agree. And and those are the two guys that I do believe will end up getting cut. But I, I did think the Isaiah Joe thing was weird because yeah. you have all these guys in. By the way, Isaiah Joe just came off a pretty decent game. He had three threes and he was going off. You had Julian Champagne in there who had a great game in the first preseason action. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't play well yesterday. And you went through the whole roster but no Isaiah Joe. And that kind of concerned me a little bit because I want him to stay on this team. I mean, I feel like he's earned it. I feel like he's earned it. I mean, the flip side of that though, the flip side of that, they may have been given, you know, um, they may have been given some of those other guys an opportunity because maybe they know what they have in Isaiah Joe. Like, I'm not saying that's definitely it, but they might be looking at him and being like, you know what? We know we have a roster spot for him, but we don't know about a Jaden Springer. So we got to play him more than Isaiah Joe. Now, it, it also could be what you're saying. It could be very concerning, but I, I'm, I'd like to see what happens in the next one because I could definitely see it being within the realm of possibility that they saw what they needed to see from him in that first game. And they needed to see a little bit more of somebody else. Speaking of Jaden Springer, he's not a guy that I'm sold on. How do you feel about him? Yeah, I'm, I'm out on Jaden Springer. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's not it. For <laughs> he's this super team. young, which makes yeah. it enticing because he's super young and super athletic and like I, he defensively, he's pretty good. Like, I, I think that I don't think he's great defensively, but because of his athleticism, like he's pretty good. But like offensively, I just don't see it. 
His defense and, was and fine. he doesn't have the size. I feel like he has like people are talking about three and D, but like I feel like he doesn't necessarily have the size to guard some of the wings that you would think of him guarding if he's a three and D guy. Now you're exactly right. And and my take on Jane Springer is it's just not the right situation. Kind of like what you said with Bassey, you know, he, he has potential, but it it's not gonna be here. We're we're a championship ready team. We're trying to go all the way. He just doesn't have a role with the squad. And I just I don't get the the pick. I don't think I ever will. And they're trying to get him some run. Maybe they're trying to play him up a little bit, but it just, I just don't see it at all. Like I, I don't see any possible outcome where he finds his way on this team in the near future. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if part of the pick was he, he was so young and like, I, like, I wonder if maybe they thought he might grow a little bit more. Cause I think he, like, he was like really young coming into the league. I think he got like drafted at like 18, if I remember correctly, youngest player, pretty, Youngest player. I'm pretty sure he was 17. Young, I right? think. So maybe they expected him to maybe grow a couple of inches. And then all of a sudden, if he does, that changes his ceiling. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't see it. It's a tough it pick. Him. It's a tough pick, man. We'll talk about Tobias Harris. I want to ask you about five as well. We'll get into all that. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Hit the like button. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Got to tell you guys about our sponsor today. Manscaped. Shout out to uh, Manscaped for sponsoring today's show. Leading provider of below-the-waist men's grooming products. Check out the Performance Package 4.0. They're taking the game to another level. They have the lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker, the ball deodorant, man, the toner, everything else you need to keep yourself in the best shape possible. We know it's getting to that time, fellas. Getting to the fall time, the winter time. And, and you know, you're trying to pull the girls, man. You're trying to keep your lady happy and... You know, you got to keep yourself in, in, in good shape, man. You got to trim the bushes. Got to make sure you don't hit the roots, man. Shout out to Manscaped. Get yourself a lawnmower 4.0. That's how you make the magic happen, man. That's how you make the magic happen. Click the link down below in the description. Use code Philly Take for 20% off and free shipping. All right, man, back to it. Call us up, man. How do you guys feel? Sixer Nation, give us a pulse. Give us a post, man. Where are you at with this team? Are you content? Are you happy? Is there more you want to see? Are we done with the preseason? Like, is there anything else to see from the preseason? I don't know. I, I feel like I've seen everything I wanted to see already. The, the one thing that I want to see from the preseason in the last, I want to see this Paul Reed, Joel Embiid combo that was kind of being floated around and talked about. I want to see Paul Reed. Uh, have to play on the perimeter with Joel Embiid in the game, even if it's not very long. That's something that I would like to see more of because I know it's something that got a lot of people really excited. Um, and I know we've seen videos. I know you tweeted out a video, Paul Reed looking a lot more comfortable from three, knocking down some corner threes. Yeah, I would like to see them experiment with that kind of stuff. Like this is the time for it. You know what I mean? And I, I think sometimes coaches get a little a little like uh too cute. And like, they try to mm-hmm. save some things for like the regular season. Let's not give teams a look at it, but so I don't, I don't want them experimenting with that too late into the year when it's like, now it doesn't even have a real chance yeah. to work because in the regular, once the season starts, they don't get much time to practice. You're most right. of most of their quote unquote practices are shoot arounds and then installing game plans, going over to other teams, offense. You don't really get to work on stuff. So if any, any kind of experimental lineups that they're, they're flirting with, I would like to see that before the preseason ends. I agree. And you know, one counterpoint on the read thing. Now I don't want the read hive to get at me. I don't want them to get at me already, but <laughs> when it comes to Paul Reed, I, I do think he has earned the opportunity 
to show what he can do next to Joel Embiid. I think that would be interesting because it would kind of give more of like an athletic rebounding type of dynamic that mm-hmm. I don't see a lot with Joel. You know, and and I, I, I say this a lot. Like, Joel, to me, is not like a good rebounder. Like, he gets rebounds because he's, you know, very tall and he's big. And he's mm-hmm. the biggest guy on the floor. But he he's not like an active rebounder because he's doing so many other things. Paul Reed can come in and change that. He could come in and help us get some of them second-chance points, just like I expect Tucker to do and, and these other guys. Um, but when it comes to Paul Reed, I don't know if he's going to take the next step until we see more offensively. Yeah, he can bring those high-energy plays. Yeah, he's going to make a spark on the game. But I, I want to see him improve that shot. It still looks wacky to me. Hell yeah. Maybe he can you know, improve his game around the rim. I'm not saying he hasn't, and I'm not saying you know he's just done. But I, I truly believe Doc already has cemented in his head that Harrell is my go-to guy. And I, I think it's more of like a, a, um, a chance for Paul Reed to come out. It's kind of, it's kind of like a, um, it, it's kind of like just putting him out there on notice and, and just saying, like, it's like an audition, really. Like, how many minutes is he going to earn? I think he needs to take that next step. And I just don't know if I've seen that offensively yet. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Paul Reed, it's weird. Like, I, I think Sixers fans just feel like Paul Reed is our guy, you know? And because yeah. of that, it's like you were looking at him through, like, you know, th- this skewed perspective where we're not always being exactly honest with the kind of player that he is. Like, he's very limited. Like, he is. Like, energy through the roof, hustle through the roof, tough, yeah. does all the dirty work dirty work, all that stuff you love. Like I love all that stuff, but it's like, I can also see all of that and still be like, eh, but is he really like, does, should he be the backup five? Is he better than Montrez Harold? Does he do enough for me to go that far? Like, I'm not so sure. And while I agree with you, the things that he does complements what Joel and B doesn't, but I don't feel like that means it would, it would complement each other like each other's game in in reality like when they're actually on the floor because okay if he's a better rebounder he you know he's gonna box out whoever fives whatever position you want to play him at that's great but what that means is if he's doing all of that then he's not guarding the perimeter and a lot of people like that he him playing next to Embiid because then he can guard the perimeter and he could be like the four defensively and play against stretch four stretch fours but if you put him inside now and beads guarding the perimeter, you see what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. he can't be everywhere at once. And it's almost like what he, what he compliments with Joel is like, yeah, if you could combine the two, that would be great. But actually playing them side by side, I don't see how it works. And then offensively, if he doesn't hit jump shots, he cannot knock down jump shots consistently. Well, then it becomes Thibel. He becomes <laughs> Matisse Thibel, you know, like literally he is, if he doesn't yeah. hit shots, he's Matisse Thibel. And in fact, I might, I was, I would say he's a better offensive player because although he can't shoot, he's a great cutter. He cuts to the, he find he, he has a knack for knowing when to cut and when to fill space. And I'm not saying Paul Reed cannot do that, but he's never been asked to. So we don't really know if he can. And I think it's a lot of just hypotheticals with him. And that's why I want to see it before I just say it definitely won't work. But I think if it was anybody not named Paul Reed, but had the same exact game, I don't think people would think it works next to Joel Embiid the same way. I agree. I agree. That's a great point. We really get up on these energy guys. And again, we're, we're kind of in that we have to win type of mode. Like we have Mm -hmm. a a defined window here and just seeing what Harold did last night offensively. It's like, that's all we need. 
That's all we need. I'm not saying he can do that every night against better teams and in games that count. But what I saw last night, I mean, it, you know, it's clear as day for me who I'm rocking with right now. But I think there will be opportunity to definitely eat up some minutes. I really like what I've seen from Paul Reed on the defensive side. I think he's been a monster these first two games. The, I mean, it's really, is he going to take that next step? You just talked about Thibel as well. Is Thibel going to take that next step? Like, that's where we're at with a lot of these guys. I don't want to call them like the end of the roster, the dead weight. But you're looking at these guys. We didn't even talk about Shake Milton, right? Like Furkan, the inconsistency. You know, that's what's held us back the last couple of years. We know who our starting five is going to be. We know mm-hmm. who the, the first couple guys off the bench are going to be. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the squad, like who is going to take advantage of that opportunity? You know, I'm not just trying to drill on Furkan, but he comes out in the first game. He has 15. He looks so confident. Last night, nowhere to be found. Shake Milton yeah. had spurts last night, but but I don't know. It's just not consistent. And with Thibel, you know, they were talking him up. I was excited. I don't, I don't know. I mean, what, he hit the backboard last night? Side of the backboard? It, it's tough, man. It's tough. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree with you. And and Furkan is actually a guy that I've re- I really, really like him. I think that, like, when he's good, he's really good. It's like, if he could ever find some consistency he would be a great piece for us because he can shoot like, again, when he's good, he's knocking down shots and he's able to put the ball on the floor a little bit. Like he's able to get to the basket and find guys when he does drive. The problem is he'll have one game where you're like, yo, he's great. We need to play this guy more. And then it'll be literally the very next game where you're like, we got to, we can't get him off the court fast enough. Mm -hmm. And to your point, that is kind of the case with a lot of our role. Like not even, I don't want to say our role players. Cause like you said, like, it's really like the the after eight, right? Like we know what the five is. And then you probably got uh, Melton, you got uh, Harold, and then you got um, Daniel House, right? Like those, those three guy, are yeah. definitely going to be in the rotation. But then it's like with the other ones, you don't really know what you're going to get. And it's like they, they, all, they all have like their own skill set. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of like when you were saying, you know, on any given night, whoever's hot, that that'll be the guy. Like Maxi can be the guy and B can be the guy Harden. I think with them, it's kind of similar. And it's like, well, depending on the matchup, it might be Thibault. If we need a if we need a perimeter defender, then it's Thibault. Uh yeah. but if we if we're having a, a tough night scoring the ball and we just need somebody to go in and knock down some shots, then maybe it's shake. You know what I mean? I, exactly. I think it's gonna kind of be similar in that way. Yeah. And I think you have to you know when it when it comes to the games that matter. Like, you have to be able to do something well enough to keep yourself on the floor. For example, P.J. Tucker, like, even if he goes for a zero in the box score points-wise, like, I know he's roughing somebody up. I know he's clamping somebody up. I know he's diving for a loose ball. Like, those are the types of things. Like, you have to do something to keep yourself on the floor. And I think now it's time to weed out who doesn't do that. I think this is the season, man. Like, you cannot have all of that holding you down. You can't have that. And and I think yeah. Doc's going to need to make some tough decisions during the season. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I, I'm kind of bullish on keeping Thibault because I feel like he, of all of those guys, he's the one who you're, you have the most faith in to be able to do one thing really, really well. Like if yeah. nothing else, you know, Thibault's going to play great defense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can put him on a guard, you could put him on a three and he's going, he's going to make life tough on them. I feel like any of those other guys, if whatever they do, like if Shake's not scoring the ball, it's like, well, what are you doing? Right. You know what I mean? If Furkan's not hitting his shot, it's like, well, what are you doing? Whereas with Thibault, it's like, okay, we know if you're not scoring the ball, if you're not hitting open threes, 
at the very least, we know you're going to lock up. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that's why they keep going back to him. I think that's why he seems to be like as flawed as his game is. He's a guy that consistently gets minutes because it's like, all right, we know that side of the floor is shaky, but we know this side of the floor, he's one of the best players we have. Yeah, I'd argue the same thing about Furkan, both first round picks. You know, they want these guys to pan out. They see they see flashes, but they want, you know, you always want your top draft picks. You want the guys that you've invested most into to pan out. And I think they're yeah. they're trying. They're trying. Now, in terms of this game last night, obviously it wasn't perfect. You know, again, I thought the Cavs played a pretty decent game when the starters were in when it mattered. Mm-hmm. What what came across your eyes that you saw and, and you're like, okay, we need to work on that. We need to work on X or Y. What did, what did you see last night? The number one thing I saw was communication on a defensive end. And I know that might sound like something where it's like when you're watching on TV, you, how can you tell if they're communicating or not? But the way that I could tell that they weren't were times where let's say in pick and roll, for example, there was one play that Tyrese Maxey got put into a pick and roll um, with, with another guard and Harden switched out and Tyrese Maxey is still trailing the ball, picking up the ball because he doesn't know they're switching. You know, he gets around the screen. So he's like, I'm good. But Harden made the decision to switch. And now Maxey is turning around and running to go find the other guy because it, it wasn't communicated. You know what I mean? Or in transition, guys aren't really picking anybody up. And then we're giving up corner threes and everybody's kind of looking around like, yo, I thought somebody was there when nobody's there. You know what I mean? There were a few possessions where I kind of saw PJ Tucker throw his hands up like, guys, what are y'all doing on the backside? You know what I mean? So yeah. the the communication and at the practice, Doc said it too, right? And, and after practices, he's like, we got to communicate better. That was like the one thing that I saw because from a, from a roster standpoint, from a skills, like we have guys that can defend. There's no reason why we shouldn't be a good defense, right? Like if you just look at the starting five, Embiid is a great defender in the, uh, in the interior. PJ Tucker is a great perimeter and interior defender. Tobias Harris shows that he's an effective defender. And Tyrese Maxey is super quick and athletic and should be able to keep guys in front. The only weak spot is Harden. And you just, just put Harden on the worst player you're playing against and let, and then kind of work around that. This team should be good defensively, but if they have breakdowns and rotations and not talking yeah. two guys are guarding one, cause they didn't communicate a switch or something like that, then we can get in trouble, especially come playoff time. Yeah. I was going to say the same one, but more so on the pick and roll, you know, the high pick and roll defense. I thought, you know, we just got cooked way too many times. I mean, how many times can I remember Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell playing off each other, just running around those bigs of the Cavs. And we know they like to do that a lot. And yeah. nobody picked up, you know, it, it was a tough kind of night on that. end. I, I agree. Like there weren't a lot of adjustments. It is early, but I saw Garland way too many times get to the elbow and he's just floating one up way too easy, uncontested. Um, I think it comes down to communication. Like you said, I, I think these guys got to, you know, get on it. And, and really what they need to do is they just need to know where they should be at on the floor. Like you have all of these like high powered type of players but, you know, look how the Cavs do it. Like, they're, they're switching up schemes. They're switch, Like, they have so many guys that are switchable, um, but they have guys that they can throw out and they can target, like, certain players. Um, and, and I agree. Like, Maxie, he did kind of get tossed last night in the pick and roll. Um, and really, I, I hope a guy like P.J. Tucker, a guy like Thibault, I hope those types of players are able to kind of help us on that end. Yeah. And and I mean, like, to be fair, like pick and roll defense is very tough. Like there's a reason why every team in the NBA, the staple of their, of their offense is pick and roll, because when you can shoot the ball like these NBA guys can, 
it puts a lot of, you have to almost be perfect in pick and roll to not give up an open shot, right? Like it's very tough, but to, to your point, I think a lot of it has to also do with like when you're saying the high pick and roll, Joel Embiid just isn't in shape. So he's already not particularly great in pick and roll, like at mo- in, in spurts he is, but you can kind of tell when he's taking plays off. So when you combine that with the fact that he's just not quite in shape yet, like, yeah, they, they anytime they put him in the pick and roll, they were getting looks and things like that. So oh, yeah. I agree with you. The pick and roll defense has to get better. And I really think it comes down to communication and just getting everybody on the same page. Yeah, no, it's definitely something to work on. And, and you know, Doc Rivers wasn't coaching last night, but hopefully he feels better. Um, but a lot of, a lot of these guys, including doc has been talking about like this defensive presence. You know, we want to be a top Mm -hmm. five, top seven defensive team. We also want to be a top five, top seven offensive team. And a lot Mm -hmm. of teams that go far in the playoffs historically are, are great on both ends of the ball. And, and we definitely were not up to par last season, but we've added the guys that should be able to do that. Now I want to talk about Tobias Harris. I know you're a big Toby guy. I've, I've, I've gone to my lengths. Uh, to defend Tobias Harris last year. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people. That, that was like one of the primary targets, you know, because mm-hmm. Ben Simmons didn't play. And I personally felt, and I stated this many times, that Tobias Harris felt that he needed to be the second option. He saw Tyrese Maxey. He wasn't there yet. Like Tyrese hadn't shown out yet. It was Joel Embiid. The rest of the squad looked helpless at times. Joel was having to go for these monster games. I felt like Tobias thought he had to be the second option and he forced it a lot. And we know he's not a second option, right? He's a max player. That, I mean, that's not his fault. That's just how the, how the cards went. And it's something that we, you know, we, we can't really just look at the contract anymore. We need to look yeah. at the player. How does he fit? He's been talking about, you know, becoming more of a catch and shoot guy, fitting into the offense. And there was a clip that went around. And Tobias Harris just kind of talked about his mentality. And, and I thought it kind of mirrored what I said all of last year about where his mindset was at with the team and, and just where he's trying to get to. So let's, let's listen to that clip. I have to eliminate my ego more, more and more, right? Like, so I think that as a player to this magnitude, like you have expectations for yourself. And sometimes you have to just stay leveled and, st- and stay really balanced and at times last year I definitely did have to eliminate my ego and once I was truly able to do that I saw myself flourishing in the role that was presented for me and um, you know that, that honestly was in basketball but that was like taught me in life as well. So I mean that, that kind of hits it right on the nail like this is what I tried to preach last year you know you're a max guy you see one of your other brothers just just leave. Like he's not even here anymore. He's supposed to be the guy and he, you know, has contributed a lot to the team. Tobias was like, all right, I have to take the extra burden on my shoulders. Like I have to step up and be that dude. The thing is he's not. But then when the trade happened at the deadline, I said, watch what's going to happen. You know, we go and get a guy like James Harden. Tobias, you know, he sees Maxi emerging. He sees what Joel's doing, having an MVP like season if he just takes that step back into the fourth option, if he takes that backseat role, throws all the ego away, throw the contract, all that stuff, just play his game and be a better, more productive player, not hold on to the ball too long, you know, not be the guy that's holding for 20 seconds or, you know, just trying to, to dive into double teams and, and pull these crazy shots, like a couple dribbles, go up with it. That's it. When Tobias has that mindset, he can be productive. I thought he showed it down the stretch of last season. 
And what, what this really speaks to me right here, he's all in as well. This is the championship mindset that you need to implement with this team. And I think everybody with what they've been saying is kind of like embodying that. And I, I loved hearing this from him. I love the honesty. Yeah, I, I, I love this. I, I mean, I love Toby. I love this clip. I think like, I think a couple of things, like for example, for starters, the contract, like, I think, like you said, we got to let that go. Fans have to let go of the contract. Cause the reality is no owner GM, like nobody's trying to overpay. It's a salary cap league. They're trying to get guys for really the lowest price that they can get them. If they sign Tobias Harris to the max, that means he was getting the max. It maybe not have been with us, but he was getting a max contract. He was a max contract player. Um, I, I actually like, and that's not necessarily what we're going to, we don't have to talk about now. I think he can be a number two guy. I think mm. the first half of the year when Ben was gone, he, I, I think he played pretty well. Like, I, I think the, I think the, the, he, he probably forced it a little bit. Like you said, like he's not the most efficient guy that you would want at the number two, but he can score the basketball. Like he, he's a professional bucket getter. I think to your point, the fact that he's able to even be mature enough, which sounds funny from a, uh, from a grown man, but you got to remember, these are professional athletes who their entire life from the, from Tobias Harris's entire life, he was the best player on the court every time he played up to a certain point, right? Like he's used to being the man, then he's a first round pick. And then he, in the first half of the year, he's probably getting the opportunities. He's, he's won it for a while. Like now he is the number two option next to Joel Embiid. And then you bring in Harden and he drops to the number three and then Tyrese Maxey kind of explodes. And now he drops to the four. Like there is an ego involved there. And the fact that he's able to put that aside, play much better down the stretch, like you said, and right now clearly has that championship mindset. You're talking about, he's all in. Like, I think Tobias Harris is going to become a fan favorite this year. Like, I think people are going to fall in love with Tobias Harris because in a league full of guys that a lot of them are me, 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 my opportunities, my, my shots, my shots. Like he is a guy who probably feels like he can go get 20, 25 a night. And he's going to be completely content with just playing his role. At least he sounds like it right now. And like, that's not easy for guys to do. And I'm, I'm happy he's doing it because I think he's going to excel in his role. Yeah, he's he's always been a good guy. Like he's always had that good personality. They talk about him like a leader. Even Dave mm-hmm. Yeager yesterday said, you know, he's a professional and, you know, he's a guy that wants to win. But I think hearing him say this, like we, we remember the interaction last year he had with the fans and, you know, he was going through it like he, he was feeling it. He was really feeling that pressure on his back for him to kind of let that go and say, you know what? I, I'm just I'm not going to think about anything else. I'm just going to be mm-hmm. here, try to win and try to help my team, however that may be working on the catch and shoot, posting up, you know, and, and uh, moving out to the wing and just doing whatever this team needs me to be. I don't need yeah. to be ball dominant. We have too many ball dominant players on this team. I have to fit in. I just think it says a lot about him as a leader and, and also as just a guy that wants to win. Like you said, when he yeah. got paid a couple years ago, he was playing the best ball of his career. He's never been on a team like this. He was on the 2018 right. team. That was kind of like thrown into it, you know, trying to put it all together quickly. But now he feels like, all right, this is the squad, man. And if I can just give us, you know, 15, 16 a night, sometimes 20, but do other things, you know, can Tobias be a better rebounder? Can he defend better? If he buys in, if everybody buys in, that's the mentality you need to have. That's what can take us to another level. Yeah. And, and the fact that we don't, we don't need him to go get his own bucket. 
But the fact that he's still capable of doing that, it's huge because what have we been saying a lot this stream and fans have been saying, like, the number one thing we're concerned about is injuries. What happens if a guy does go down? All of a sudden, Tobias Harris is going to have to take on a bigger role, and we know he can do that. You know what I mean? I think that's another thing that kind of gets overlooked. Like, we don't need him to do some of the things he's capable of doing, but we might. And if we do need that, then we're all going to be very happy we still have him. I mean, even last night, he had a couple plays early in that game where you see he can create his own shot if he needs to. He can create yeah. his own shot if he wants to. So the fact that he isn't doing that, again, shows maturity, shows buying into the to the team and buying into his role. But I'm still happy that we have a guy that can go do it because in the postseason, when the game slows down and you're getting game planned against, like you're going to have nights where those other guys struggle. You're going to have nights where James Harden's shot isn't falling. And to be able to fall back on a fourth guy mm -hmm. who can knock down open shots and create his own shot, I mean, that that's big. I don't think there's another team in the league whose fourth guy can go get his own shot if we need him to. It's, it's, a, it's, cr it's pretty crazy when you think about our top four options as an offense. And, you yeah, know, a couple years when, when Tobias was having his career year, you know, he almost made the all-star team. If we can get that Tobias Harris, who can knock down that three ball more consistently, like I, I think he's a perfect fit for the offense. Like I know people try to kind of target him and and kind of throw him out as the guy when things aren't working, but if he can just you know knock down those threes, if he can, you know, on nights that we need it, like you said, give us eighteen points. Some nights it's going to be Maxi, some nights it's going to be Embiid, Harden. Like there is just way too many weapons for us to not be cutthroat. Like, if you're yeah. a defense planning against even the best defense, take the best defense in the league. What do you have? Maybe two all-star defenders. You have a couple other guys that can hold their own. But how do you defend these four guys along with a guy like P.J. Tucker who's going to spot up in the corner? Like, the, the, the possibilities are endless with this squad. I think we yeah. have guys that know how to get it done. And really, I, I mean, going back to the common theme, it's just about us staying healthy. It's about us staying yeah. healthy. If we, we have the talent, it's just putting it all together. Right. And just, just think about how great Maxi was last year, right? Maxi was tremendous last year. We all know Maxi was tremendous last year, right? He averaged 18 a game. Everybody feels like Tobias Harris didn't play great last year. He, he had a hard time adjusting to his role. He averaged 17 a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if that's Tobias Harris not even playing at his best, and that doesn't mean that he's going to get 25, but it's like if we had a, a, a Tobias Harris that was – admittedly, it sounds like a, a, had a hard time finding his groove, had a hard mm -hmm. time fitting into his role. And he was still able to do that. I can only imagine what it's going to look like now that he he's more comfortable, has a whole off season to work with these guys, knows what his role is going into the season. And, and like you said, like what other, what other team in the NBA do you look at? And you're like, they have four guys that on any given night can go give you 25 or 30 points. Yeah. Or all of them can do it in the same night too, because their games complement each other so much. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's 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 scary, man. It's like it's the kind of thing that if you were trying to make those trades to build this team in two K, like you would have to you have to change <laughs> the sliders and so you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'll force trades turned on. Like you wouldn't be able to put this kind of team together in a video game. Exactly. And I'm not saying that it's like the best team in NBA history or anything like that. But what I am saying is when you look at this starting five. It's like I can't look at another starting five in the league that I say is better than them. Doesn't mean they can't get beat, but I can't see another starting five in the league that is definitively better than ours. Well, th that's what I was going to like kind of wrap it up with. Like, 
this lineup again, it's it's early. We'll you know we'll be talking about this team a lot this season. We got to see how they really mesh. I personally feel that championship teams they don't show everything early on in the season, but they show mm-hmm. their DNA and they show their mental toughness. Like you can usually tell early on, barring like a crazy collapse, what teams can really like be that kind of team. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Like get you know I- the regular season we talk about it. It's not like crazy, crazy important, but what I feel like it is, it's about putting all the puzzle pieces together. That way, when the playoffs come, you're ready to shoot. You know what I mean? And it's like, I I feel like, I I really feel like we changed the culture and I agree with you. I don't, I don't know who's going up against this starting five on paper, at least. I don't know. I don't know. I think you're right. I think this regular season and, you know, I know you've said in your videos, I've said it in my videos, like we see this team being a top two, three seed. Now what's Mm -hmm. going on in Boston, maybe even being the number one seed. I don't think any of it matters. I don't think any of it matters. It's going to be about figuring out who, who are we? Like what, 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 what are we like when we hit adversity? Like when we, when we go on a three game losing streak, what do we look like? Right. What's, what's the, what's the morale? Like what's the body language? Like, are these guys still getting along? PJ Tucker it, I'm sure he he's a very vocal guy. I'm sure he's a very expressive guy. What happens if we have a, a three or four game losing streak? Then how will his personality mesh with like a Joel Embiid? Things like that for me is going to be what the regular season is about. What, what's it going to look like when we hit adversity? Because when the playoffs come, we're going to hit some. There's going to be a series where it's 2-2 or we're down 2-1 or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And it's like, we're going to have to come through. I want to see throughout the regular season that this team has that kind of championship DNA, like you said, that heart that it's like, it doesn't matter. We don't care what the score is. We don't care what situation we're in. We're coming out every single night to, to punch you in the mouth. And when we get hit, we're going to hit back. And, and like, we're just going to bring it. We're going to keep bringing it and bringing it and bringing it. Like I, that's all I want to see in the regular season. If we do all that and we figure it out, I don't care if we end the season with 50 wins or 60 wins. Mm-hmm. I just want it to be healthy and have an identity come playoff time. I agree. And, and to kind of cap that off, like if, if it doesn't look like that, if we don't look different from how we came out last year in game six against the heat, if we don't show that toughness in the big moments, at that point, I mean, you got to start pointing fingers at somebody, you know, like that. I me, know who you're pointing them at. I mean, it's got to be somebody, right? I'm not I know who you're pointing them at. Who are you pointing them at? I mean, it, it depends how it looks, but okay. the first guy, you got to look at Doc Rivers. Yep. You have I, to. I was good. Like if, if they can't put it together, if they if, like if healthy, if healthy, yeah, healthy, if they're healthy, they, 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 the they had the whole and, and like throughout the year healthy, not like Joel and B misses three months and then he's back or hard. Right. Like if they're healthy all year long and then and they look a type of way all year long and then the playoffs come and they and they fold up. Then I'm ready to be like, Doc, you're you you're not the guy. Yeah, you have to go. I, and I've been saying this on my shows like we have to get to the conference finals. Have there's, to. There's no excuse. You have to like with everything this franchise has gone through. And I know people are probably like, why are we talking about this already? Because we're, we're, we've experienced pain. We'll put it like that. Like, <laughs> it's been a long time. And with what we had to go through with all these just hurtful endings, just with everything, man, the, the players not working out and this and that, like you now have a squad. You don't get it done. Somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to yeah. go. The, the only way, and, and to your point, like, I, are we, we're talking about this already. We're talking about it already because I bet you they're talking about it. This team, know, they know they're going to the postseason. Assuming they're <laughs> healthy, obviously anything can happen. But they know. They know they're a playoff team. They know that the real season for them starts in April. 
right? So it's only fair that we're talking about it because I'm sure that these are things that they're already feeling Mm -hmm. and planning towards like this coaching staff and all that stuff. Like they know what they're building towards. So of course we're going to talk about it now. The only, only exception, this is the only way I would be a little sympathetic towards Doc. And that is if, say like Milwaukee, has some kind of, let's say Chris Middleton misses a bunch of time or something, whatever the reason is. And we end up playing them in the second round and with Giannis being Giannis and then everybody being healthy. I could see that being a situation where it's like, you know, we lost, we lost to the best player in the NBA and like, you know what I'm saying? That Then it's a little, it's a little different, but we better not lose to no Miami in round two. We better <laughs> not lose to no Cleveland Cavaliers in round two. We better not lose to any of these teams that we know we're better than. Even Boston. If we end up playing Boston in round two, I don't want to see, like, we got to get to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. The only, only way I'll be a little sympathetic towards Doc is if it's Giannis. I, I, I have no sympathy. Get to the conference finals. <laughs> <laughs> Get to the conference finals. I respect it. I do. I respect it. I respect it. Can you can you tell how excited we're, we are, man? It's it's October 6th. We just played our second preseason game. We're talking about the playoffs, man. I love it. I, know, I love it. This is going to be a good we season. Know. We know. This is going to be a good season, man. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Hit that like button, man. Show some love. Get it. These people have been awesome in the chat all, all stream long. Talking about Tobias. Talking about Paul Reed. There's, these are the diehard Sixers Nation, man. If you're in this show, drop a fire. Drop something in the chat. Let us know you're here. Because only the realists of the real dive into the preseason. Like, we're diving into it right now, man. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I, thought that, I thought it was a good game overall. Thought it took a little time. But the Sixers got it going. And now, I'm interested to see how much Embiid, Harden, Tucker, and all of them are going to play next game and the game after. You know, like, maybe they play a quarter ahead. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to see them go all out. I just want to see them get that rhythm down, get things worked out, game situation like, and I'll be honest with you, bro, to bring it back to how we started, I want to see Tyrese Maxey play. He could play a whole game if he wanted to. They just, I mean, he just goes for 20 nonchalantly. They take him off the, the court and they're like, all right, you know, you, you did what you had to do. We saw enough from you, Tyrese. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I he's, tw- he's 21, man. He, he There's no wear and tear on his tires. He, he could None. go play 48 minutes and, and be and wake up the next day and probably play another 48. That guy has so much energy. Like that practice when he was mic'd up, I know you made that short. Like he, that, he's an energizer buddy. He doesn't he's get tired. He's incredible. He's going to have he's going to have some wow moments. I think last year he put himself on the map, but mm-hmm. I think this year it's going to be to a different level. You know, they're going to start talking. Oh, did you see Tyrese Maxey? I saw a video that came out today. I, I forget who put it out. It was a topic of discussion. It, it was the mainstream heads. They said, is Tyrese Maxey ready to be the third option for the Sixers? Man, they're not on the times yet. <laughs> this is why people come to Philly Take with RB. Because we know Tyrese Maxey is on the second option as of right now. He might be the first option by the time we get the midseason. Let me not that go must, too crazy. Must, that must have been something they taped like halfway through last year and forgot to air. It's just, I, like, how could you be questioning if he's the third option? It's if crazy. he could be the third option right now. It's crazy. He might be the second option right now. That's how good he has looked after the first couple games. Maxi getting ready to put people on the map. Stamp it, baby. To the All-Star weekend. I say he's going. I say he's going. What do you think? Is he I, going? I agree. I agree. I think Let's he's go. going. I think he's going. Let's go. Like, yeah, I, I think, yeah, he's going. He's going. Let's go, man. Shout out to Tyree. Shout out to everybody in the chat. 
We'll wrap it up here, man. Sixers, now we have like five days off. What are we going to do with our lives, man? Then we got the Cavs again on Monday. Yeah, uh, and it's in Cleveland this time, right? I believe so, yes. Hey, man, that just gives us a few days to dive into the first two preseason games a little bit more, maybe find a, a couple of little intricacies that they got in the office, exactly. some things that they're working on. Exactly. You know, a little, a little yeah. deeper dive, right? We This is a deep dive. Uh-huh. We're going to just have to take a We're deeper We're a little dive. bit deeper, a little bit deeper. Yo, let's go. Let's, let's take it NFL style. Let's go 4-0 in the preseason. Let's go 4-0 in the preseason, man. I'm down, man. Let's get it done. I don't know, man. What's what's the history on teams going four and zero in the preseason? Do they win championships? I have no clue. I don't. I most people don't even watch preseason, but I'm loving yeah. this. I'm loving every second of it. I'm loving. Yeah, every it's so second. much better than the NFL preseason because guys actually play. Exactly. I I was not expecting them to play like this in the second preseason game. Yeah, I feel like because this is like my first full season doing content for the Sixers like I feel I, I'm like man I don't even I don't think I've watched these preseason games in the past as much because I feel the same way I'm like I didn't realize guys play as much as they're playing it's maybe crazy. they always did I just didn't notice because I wasn't making content like this and you know what's funny this is my like third season doing this for like you know full-time covering but the last two seasons have been so much drama filled we never got yeah. to actually watch the team right we never, right. Got, to, we ne- we never got to watch the guys mesh together so I can't wait man I can't wait, man. Yeah, it's, not, it's nice. It's just basketball. It's just basketball. Yeah, it's just ball, man. Hey, shout out to everybody in the chat. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the show. Check out Logan as well, man. You know he's putting out the fire. And uh, yeah, man, we'll, we'll try to keep this going. Try to keep this going. This is the breakdown. Philly take with RB. Check out Manscaped, man. Get yourself a lawnmower 4.0. Get into the weekend time, man. Take care of yourself. Make the lady happy. You know how it goes, man. Click the link down below (laughs) in the description. Trim the bushes, not the roots. Trim the bushes, don't hit the roots. Protect the jewels at all costs. Shout out to Manscaped for sponsoring today's show. That being said, we'll see you back on the next one. Y'all have a good one, man. Peace. Peace.